0: Hey everybody, welcome to the That Will Never Work. If you wanna be a guest on the show, just come to markrandolph.com to apply. Or if you wanna chat directly with me or about what you hear today, I invite you to join me on the That Will Never Work Discord. You'll find an invitation on the website. This episode of That Will Never Work is a special student edition. I'm actually here at High Point University in High Point, North Carolina, speaking to some of the student entrepreneurs. And with me today is Faith Griffin, who is an entrepreneurship and marketing junior who has invented a product called The Shaving Step. And I think she has some questions about where do you go from here? Hi, I'm Mark Randolph, co-founder of Netflix and six other companies. Over the years, I've heard that will never work thousands of times, but I've learned there are things we all can do to increase the chances that they will. So join me for That Will Never Work. So Faith, welcome to That Will Never Work.
1: Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here.
0: So I'm sure the question on everyone's mind is, what the hell is a shaving (laughs) step? So why don't you show us or tell us what a shaving step is, and then we can chat about what you might want to talk about.
1: Of course. So this is a shaving step right here. This is my first prototype, Um, but basically what it is, it's a patent pending step stool designed for women or really for anyone who shaves their legs um, and may not have a place to prop them in the shower. So this is a step stool that you can use in the shower um, to have somewhere to place your foot. So basically um, we have the main step stool part, um, which has different holes in it for drainage. Um, We have a storage compartment where you can store your razors and your shaving cream. And then we have the legs, which are pretty cool because they are ex- or this one extendable and retractable for people of different heights. Um, the feet are rubber so that it won't like slip and slide in the shower. Um, and then the legs are collapsible so that you can store it once you're done, travel with it, and it has a handle so you can take it wherever you need to go.
0: Wow. So actually it's funny because I've been working with um, high point entrepreneurs for a number of years and it's funny because I think I've watched you pitch this twice, if not maybe once, but it's interesting to see how the product has developed from basically this concept to now you actually have something which is looking uh, looking pretty legit. Thank
1: you. Yes. Um, it's definitely been a process. I think the first time I pitched for you, I didn't have a prototype. I think it was just like a um, like CAD model on a PowerPoint. So. It has been a process, but it's nice that you've been able to kind of see it grow.
0: Yeah, it was, it's kind of gone from the classic imagine, if you will, yes. <laughs> into something where you actually can show it off. But, you know, the thing that's amazing to me, and by the way, I am not one of the men who does shave their legs. <laughs> In fact, it's actually a special occasion when I choose to shave my face. <laughs> um, but it strikes me that it's amazing that there aren't more of these that, I mean, uh, just the idea that how much easier it would be to be able to lift your leg up to a certain height to do that. Mm-hmm. Why aren't there other ones? What, why isn't every shower made with a step built into it?
1: Yes, that's a great question. Um, so there are a few s- kind of similar products, but none of them have all of the key features that the shaving step does, um, which is a good reason why it's patent pending. But um, I just, when I was kind of looking for a product to um, solve my problem, a lot of them just didn't look very stable, or you would have to, like, glue them into the shower, which means you couldn't, like, <laughs> take it anywhere else. So I just kind of looked at all the things that they were lacking and decided to um, make that up and put it into this product.
0: And are there existing products that are shaving steps?
1: Um, not exactly like oh. this. Um, there are a few stools, but a lot of them can't collapse. So um, that kind of thing, it's not very easy to store and things like that.
0: So you're still a student. Yes. Are you living in a dorm here on campus? Yes. So in other words, you basically have to take this thing from your room into the shower and then back to your room.
1: Yes. So luckily, I do have a bathroom in my room, Ah. um, but there are some dorms that still have the community style. So that's why I wanted to make it portable also for the girls that have to carry it down to the shower and then back to their room.
0: You got to see this thing is actually made so that it can collapse, so it has a handle. Yes. I mean, it's designed to be portable. And is that a key aspect, the portability of it? Yes. Is that what differentiates it?
1: Yes, that's definitely one of the different differentiators. Because um, like I mentioned earlier, some of them you have to glue them. Other ones you can't really collapse. So it's very hard to take it um, with you to different places. And I wanted to make sure that if you happen to take it to the gym, to a hotel, um, just anywhere, or even storage, like once you're done with it, you can fold it back up um, to store it away. So that definitely is like a key um, factor to it.
0: And so is this the only existing prototype?
1: I do have one more. Um, this one, is a little bit easier to maneuver. So that's why I wanted to bring it around. But I do have one other prototype.
0: Yeah, really nice. Thank you. So um, where are you in the process right now of uh, developing this product, this company, whatever?
1: Yes. Yeah, so um, I'm trying to find a manufacturer. And then in line with that, I'm also trying to get more funding. So um, that is kind of a question that I wanted to ask you. So far, I've only pitched to judges, um, mostly at the university in our competitions here, but how do I take a different approach in pitching to investors? Um, I guess, what are kind of some of the main things that you look for?
0: So it's a great question. And I'm going to, we'll dig into that in a minute, which is there is quite a difference between pitching in an entrepreneurial contest than there is pitching legit for money. And we'll talk about that in a second. Is that your next step? Is raising money, you think, where you, uh, where you go next with this?
1: Yes, um, so like I kind of mentioned earlier, we're like right at the brink of trying to find a manufacturer, um, but then I just kind of need some funding. So once I do find one, um, we can put it into production and then kind of start um, marketing and hiring a few extra team members to get it launched soon.
0: And what evidence do you have that people will actually buy this?
1: Yeah, so um, I've done some market research surveys, gotten some um, very positive feedback, and then kind of just by eyeing the competitors and um, seeing how their sales are kind of going through Amazon. Of course, I can't see their numbers, but kind of looking at the feedback and things that they get, I can tell that there's definitely a market and um, just talking to people around me um, and hearing them always say, oh my gosh, I, I need that. Why isn't this out yet? So um, kind of things like that.
0: Okay. So let's talk about both those things simultaneously about pitching for money, about raising money, about validation of sales. It's kind of this classic um, dilemma, mm-hmm. which is that people only want to lend you the money or give you the money when you don't need it. Uh, their business model for any investor, assuming they're uh, investors rather than you know philanthropists, mm-hmm is they expect to get a return on their investment. They're gonna give you some money, and lo and behold, what a surprise, they want it back. And they want it back times some large multiple, preferably. And so what they're trying to do is minimize what the risks are to that happening. Or put more specifically, they're trying to understand what is the risk here. And they expect a couple things. One is that you know that answer. And you know it clearly. And it's not a problem to say, here's what I think we're going to figure out. Here's what I don't know, what this money is meant to prove. And just to give you a simple example, I'm giving you this because this is going to inform the way you pitch, and more importantly, when you decide it's appropriate to raise and how much you might want to raise, and those sort of things. So that issue is each time you raise money, it's with a very, very specific, unknown you're trying to know. So, And I'll use a software company, for example, because it's fairly easy. At the beginning, you might have an engineer who says, I think there's a really cool way to do X. Mm -hmm. So when he or she raises money, they're saying, I think I can write code that will solve this problem. And if we solve it, just think how amazing that will be. But it's very clear, I'm not 100% sure it will do this. And An investor says, fine, I'll stake you X dollars to allow you the time to write that code and see if it works, if it actually works. Now there's not going to be any customers. We're going to validate that there's not a technical risk. And that will be the first raise. Okay. Then they raise some money, they hire a few engineers to help, they build it, and lo and behold, it works. Now they say, Our next step is to figure out whether anyone wants this. And so that's the risk, because it could be that no one wants it. So they raise some money, they hire a salesperson, they begin selling some, and lo and behold, they do sell some. So now that's great. Now the company steps up in value again, and now they say, great, we've proven that someone wants it. But the risk is now, first of all, uh, I'm selling everything in San Francisco, for example, where everyone's tech savvy. Are people going to want this in High Point? Are they going to want this in Indianapolis? Are they going to want this in Iowa? That's the next risk. And it goes on like that forever. There's always one thing you don't know. All of a sudden, you prove you can sell it everywhere in the country. Now the risk is, does this person have the chops to be able to build out a whole sales team? Are there going to be enough people who can build the leads? It never stops. You're at phase one. Yeah. So the very, very first thing you have to prove is, is there a there there? Do people actually want this? Are they actually willing to buy it? I think that's what you're trying to prove. Yes. You have to have a very clear perspective on what it is you want to prove. It could be, in fact, I'm not sure I can manufacture this. So I'm not sure, whatever it is. But my guess is that your next thing you need, would need to prove in terms of raising money is, can I sell this? Okay. Am I on the right track so Yes,
1: I'm um, just doing like a bit more customer discovery. Yeah,
0: okay. okay. So I know that you've done a whole bunch of entrepreneurial pitch contests things. Yes. And there's a big difference because in a pitch contest, for the most, most cases, they let you finish. You have two minutes, you have five minutes. And you get to run the whole five minutes. You get to go in order. You've got the whole process. You have all the slides. When you pitch for money, it's like uh, making a Supreme Court presentation. You get about five words in, and then they interrupt you and begin asking questions. And so you never get a chance to lay out your argument in this nice sequential way. You're going to have to go in the direction (laughs) They want to go okay um, when i uh was younger, I worked for a music publishing company, so I was kind of peripherally involved in the music business, and This is back in the dark ages, <laughs> and they still had record albums. Wow. I don't know if you're old enough to know what a record I, album is I do, okay yeah. <laughs> and the when people would always send in these demo tapes trying to get record deals. Mm-hmm. And the rule of the record tape, de- demo tape, is you never build, your, you never build, meaning do, so qu- you go. I'm start sure I'm off with this song, and then this one, and this one, and our best song is number four, because we got, as you would if you're putting an album out. Mm-hmm. Because the person is the record company exec, pops the t- cassette, another <laughs> technical back in the past, in their car tape deck, mm-hmm. listens to, 30 seconds, and decides whether they're going to listen more or not.
1: Okay.
0: And so you want your very, very best thing first. And that's the same thing for pitching. Okay. You're not going to get everything out of your mouth, uh, all of it out. So get your best things out early. And now you might say, Mark, what are my best things? Your best thing is all the proof points you have that this, there's, there's a there there. Okay. And I, it strikes me, I think you really need to collect some hard evidence that somebody actually wants this and you unfortunately are getting all kinds of wonderful glowy affirmations about how amazing this thing is but as i've spoken to other podcast guests before there's a big difference between someone saying oh my gosh faith you are so brilliant this is so great and them pulling out their wallet and buying one yes and there's a big difference between saying I would so buy that and between bed, bed bath, and beyond buying 5,000 of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think your next step for fundraising before you is to see how close you can get to that. Okay. Now, tying it all together. Boy, you got me on a good roll here. <laughs> it's a good question. Ideally, you want to have that evidence when you go in to present okay. because the evidence is what's going to make them. It's, rather than saying I talk to people when they want it, It would be wonderful to say, I've demonstrated they want it because I've sold a bunch. I haven't manufactured them yet, but I've sold them. Um, I have this executive at Bed Bath Beyond saying he will put in a purchase order if I can put it together. In other words, and then they're still going to distrust you. They're still going to distrust whether this is really real. But you're narrowing down that risk. And the the more you can have proven... The more clear you can be, here's what the next risk is, the better you'll do in terms of what the valuation is you get, how much money you can raise, and how easily you can, uh, you can raise it. So you got to get out there and figure it out. Have you ever tried, have you ever considered doing a Kickstarter with it?
1: I have. Um, I was just speaking with um, someone on my team about that the other day, um, doing a Kickstarter. And I think that'd be a good way to get some more validation while raising money too.
0: It's funny because people talk about the Kickstarter, it's crowdfunding, but the reason I love Kickstarter is it is a place you are allowed to sell something before you've made it. It's a perfect place to validate whether people will put their money where their mouth is. Okay. It's really hard in that there's a huge number of companies who are trying this. There is boatloads of crap and- it's very, very sobering. And the downside is you always wonder, did it not raise any money because my product sucks? Or did it not raise any money because nobody saw it? And it's very hard to tell the difference. Mm-hmm. It is, in my opinion, especially since you have, you, do you have, you have patent protection on this? or Yes, patent forward? pending. So because you have that, no harm in trying a Kickstarter and seeing what happens, but you have to do more than that. I think you should be out really at this point selling in some ways. Okay. Um, selling to individuals is a Kickstarter thing. But there's no reason you can't go and try and get a Bed Bath, bath & Beyond to uh, place an order. Or at wow. least give you this validation that in fact we agree there's a market here.
1: Well, yeah. I've never yeah. even thought about, um, I guess, like going into the retail companies yet. I guess I always thought i Have to wait until I had a manufacturer first. So, I guess, how would I approach them? Just kind of with the prototype and like. So, there's
0: a couple of ways. One is um, you strike me as being a reasonably persuasive person. So, get the meeting. I mean, network, call, email, hound, get the meeting because. The reaction you're going to get is going to be incredibly interesting to you. Listen, I hope the person goes, you know, the buyer goes, oh, my God, Faith, this is astounding. I'll take a million. How quickly can, you? or he or she is going to go, oh, you know, we had a product similar to that, and it didn't do well. Or, I mean, there's a million ors, and just hearing those is going to be so eye-opening for you. And the more of those meetings you can get, the more refined it's going to be in understanding what it takes to sell it okay in terms of a retail um you know i've I've um uh, spoken to a lot of people also about going and trying it small scale someplace i mean uh, i mean what's the, what's what's the undergraduate student population of high point? do you know
1: around 5,500. Yeah.
0: So I'm guessing there's probably close to 3,000 female students here. What about it in the college bookstore? Okay.
1: it's a good idea.
0: It would be really interesting, I think, to even to try and say, uh, put your name on a waiting list and see what happens. Or I don't know whether you want to go in there and say, I'm, taking, I'm doing my own little Kickstarter. I'm taking orders. I mean, I don't know. Anything you can do to simulate someone pulling out a credit card before you've built it. And you don't have to. I'm just saying, imagine the difference between when you're actually pitching to raise the money to do your manufacturing and being able to say, I have the buyer of uh, Bed, Bath & Beyond. I have the buyer at the National Association of College Bookstores. Um, Both really interested in placing a very large order. Would that work?
1: No, I think that's great and definitely good at kind of mitigating that risk, as you were saying, um, because there's going to be like a million risks. But if I can say, look, there's already people who want it and are very serious about it, I think that'd be great going into investing with that.
0: We came into it from the perspective of what would it take to raise money that way, and that would be a huge one. But it would also be a tremendous way for you to validate that you have the right product, you have the right price point. That, in fact, the portability, I mean, all the assumptions you've made based on your own individual usages and your friends bears out in the bigger market. I think, and I'm 99% certain, there is a very, very large housewares show. Do you know about it? Have you Um, been to it? So it's a trade show. Okay. It's where every single person who buys housewares which range from everything, you know, from dishes to silverware to draperies to everything, has a huge convention. And I'm not sure what city it's in it might rotate. Okay. And it would be hugely valuable for you to be able to set up there. And just even if it's in a tiny little booth, even if you can borrow some to be in someone else's booth, because then you're gonna have buyers from every single big houseware stores in the world walking past and having conversations with them. And that would be hugely informative too, but understanding how big that market is. Yes. that I would spend money on that before I spent money on uh, on anything else. Okay.
1: Ooh, yeah.
0: So it, it, that, that, that's, kind of my, that's kind of my thinking here. You're in a great spot. I love seeing the prototype. Thank it you. feels like but before you begin putting more and more effort into refining the prototype, you've got something you can demo. You've got something you can show. Let's get out there and validate whether or not this is actually going to... Uh, going to resonate with people. Um, and if you decide to raise some money early, just don't do a lot. Make it very clear that this money, I'm going to raise very small amount, is just purely for me to begin doing this next stage where I go out and see if I can sell it, if okay. I can get an order from a store, if I can, I'm going to go to the houseware show, I'm going to whatever. You, again, yeah. I don't want to dictate the specific tactics. It's just the basic approach.
1: Yeah, no, I really appreciate it because I I guess my mind was so like stuck on um, like the manufacturing and getting it made. That really kind of changed my perspective. And I think, of course, it was great advice. And I'm definitely going to be trying to reach out to some people seeing like, hey, can you just give me your thoughts on this very quickly? Just trying to get some more opinions and more customer validation and see what they say.
0: Yeah, one of the things that is somewhat difficult is it's a hardware product mm-hmm. uh, and hardware products are unchangeable or very, very complicated and expensive uh, to change. Yes, And so for a hardware product, you have to bend over backwards, making sure you understand everything about it before you set it in stone, so to speak, because once you start manufacturing and then you begin going to the buyer for Bed Bath & Beyond um, and they go, oh, we love this, but mm mm-hmm. and the butts could be numerous it's really hard to change it because they might say this is for example what do you th- think the retail price would be
1: um right now i'm thinking about 24.99 um it's very competitive with the kind of similar products out there
0: can you really manufacture that for or whatever it is?
1: Well, less $5
0: or or $10.
1: One manufacturer I spoke to said he estimated that it would take around $6. He told me to kind of shoot for that ballpark. So um, I I would hope it could be under like between $5 and $12 around there.
0: Yeah, because the thing is you might, that's one of the things you might find out is that some of the things which add cost, Mm -hmm. like telescoping legs or whatever, I do not even know. (laughs) You might find out that no, it's more important to be able to be sold at retail for fourteen ninety-five, which means you've got to do it for you know two or three dollars, than it is to have all the features be more expensive. But again, I don't know. Um, I don't know that business. I don't know the customer. And don't use the product. But those are the things that I want you to really become fluent and expert at.
1: Yes, I, I definitely will. I'm trying to just take in and learn as much as I can. So
0: i think it's really cool faith and i think um uh i hope when we check in again next time you're able to say not just here it is the amazing space say <laughs> and i'm ready to begin manufacturing because i have validated that here's who wants it they're willing to pay for it i ran a kickstarter i sold it to here even though you haven't produced it yet i think that would be a really really great thing to have demonstrated next time we uh we chat
1: yeah i think so too i'd I would be really happy to have those updates next time I see you. So I'm definitely going to get to work. But
0: it's the fun part of entrepreneurship, in my opinion, is uh, the uncertainty and waiting off and not knowing what's going to happen. Um, because every, even if things don't work, you go, oh my gosh, that's amazing, all the stuff that I learned.
1: Mm-hmm. It's very exciting. And you definitely learn so much just by doing an um, entrepreneurship too. So that's. And
0: really so funny. also, I'll just mention so earlier, we were, as we were setting this up, Faith had her shaving step out. And someone came up and goes, oh, my God, you know how much I would have paid that when my kids were two years old, just as a portable stool? And the thing is that you're going to learn some of those. Mm-hmm. And you, that's what the big pivots come from, yes. you know, yeah. that it could be, in fact, you maybe even go to a buyer at, um, what's it called, Babies R Us or whatever, the, you know, one of the huge uh, maternity shops mm-hmm. and talk to the buyer there and see what they think. You're in a great spot because you're a student. Yes. (laughs) And so people are happy to spend the time talking with you, and you should definitely take advantage of that. Once you're in business, then their whole business is not talking to you. Mm. Wow. So milk it while you can.
1: Definitely will try to. Well, thanks,
0: Faith. I really appreciate you coming in. Great work so far. Thank Um, you. But let's uh, make that next step.
1: Yes. Thank you so much.
0: My pleasure. If you would like to get advice about something, Come to my website and apply to be a guest on the That Will Never Work podcast. You'll also be able to get an invite to my Discord, as well as sign up for the newsletter. And finally, you'll find all the links to follow me on social. I'll see you there.